Welcome to the Samson Strength Coach Collective Podcast. We've created this collective in order to grow a network of strength coaches who are consistently raising the standard within our industry and as an educational resource for coaches of all levels. Make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Samson underscore EQ. This episode features Tanner Mark, coordinator of strength and conditioning for football at the University of Florida, hosted by Darius Decree. Okay, this is Darius Ducree, head strength and conditioning coach here at Kirtland Air Force Base with the 58th Sal, a former collegiate strength and conditioning coach, on the Coaches Collective with Coach Tanner. And don't uh, hate me if I mispronounce the last name. Is it uh, Mahar or It's Mar. 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 Okay. Thank you, Coach. All right. Glad to have him on with us today. Uh, as you can see, he's with University of Florida. All right, we're going to go ahead and start off with Coach giving us two, two and a half minutes of his story, where he's been and how he's got to where he is and anything else. Coach, the floor is yours. Sure. Um, so I guess my my strength career uh, started pretty typical. First time in the weight room was high school football. Uh, wildly mediocre high school football player. Uh, went to junior college, was lucky enough to earn a scholarship to uh, Tarleton State University, which is a Division two in Texas. Oh, excuse me, they're a 1AA now. I apologize. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, where uh, I was fortunate enough to play under master strength coach Rod Cole um, and started my internship as an undergrad. Um, after graduating with my graduate degree in uh, kinesiology, I went up and I actually coached a little football at Coffeyville Community college very shortly just a couple of months just a summer uh then accepted a graduate assistant position at a division three in california um whittier college again i was coaching football um i assisted with strength and conditioning in both of those places and kind of knew in my heart that's where my passion was so after just one season at whittier um i resigned and uh moved back to stephenville texas and started an internship Um, with Coach Cole at Tarleton, which eventually uh, became a graduate assistantship. Um, And from after that, I I, uh, went on and interned again at New Mexico State University under Don Decker. Um, And then after a short period of about six months, I was hired full-time with Coach Deck. and uh, a few years after that, I was introduced to Coach Savage, the head strength coach at the time at Mississippi State University. Um, and through a mutual um, former coworker, uh, he had a position available and he interviewed me for the spot and I was hired there. And I've been with Coach Savage and Coach Mullen ever since. Awesome. So, Coach, let's, let's dive on in. And this is a, a, a deep question. You know, um, what? What motivates you, and and not just in in training, you know, a lot of times people look at us strength coaches as the the meatheads, or you know, of course, for many of us are former athletes on on multiple levels. But what motivates you about strength and conditioning? What motivates you about working with the athletes? Athletes you're 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 blessed to work with, and as well as you know, what what how do you go about motivating those athletes and as well as assisting with motivating the, the staff that you're a part of? So start with myself. Um, as a young man, um, I was uh, about as wild as you can get. Um, I was the worst kid on my college football team. You know, I did everything in my power to um, embarrass myself, my family, my program. I did everything wrong. Um, And I had a few people, my strength coach being one of them, uh, who invested in me, who said, you know, you have created this self-image of what you who you think you're supposed to be. And I'm here to tell you, you could be something better. Um, And so that was really what started you know, my, my, my career as a strength coach, but that's also what drives me as a coach. I want to be the guy for that, that young person, um, that young athlete who's lost and maybe has a bad image of themselves and, 
doesn't believe in themselves the way that they should. I want to be the person that that shifts that focus, that lets them believe that they can be something better. Um, now, as a strength coach, what motivates me is I have a I have an incredible amount of pride in this profession. Um, I covet this profession. Um, I want to do everything in my power to see this be what it could be, to see us valued the way that we should be valued um, and to have the impact on these young people's lives that we can have. Okay. Uh, as far and as then, with motivating the players, the athletes, you know, there's yeah. a bunch of different buzzwords I can give you. Um, you know, being at a place like the University of Florida, our kids are already pretty motivated. Right. right, right. Competition will, is a pretty good motivator. Um, but in motivating them, letting them know, you know, why I'm there to help them. I'm just open and honest about my story. I, I tell them exactly why this is why I'm hard on you. People were hard on me and it worked out. Okay. And as far as the staff as well. So with motivating my staff, um, my other staff members, um, I, I, I try to invest, again, taking so much pride in this profession, I try to invest in the people around me as much as I, as much as I can, whether that's, uh, you know, for instance, throughout this entire quarantine, you know, we haven't been able to go into the office. So every single day I started an educational series um, in our group chat where I would, uh, I've been, I challenged myself to read super training um, throughout the quarantine. And so every day I would um, share something, a point of interest that I read that I liked and, and then kind of give my own, okay, well, here's a practical application. Here's what, we could, here's what we could do with this in our program. Here's how it could benefit our program. So just, again, investing back, giving back to the guys on my staff. Um, you know, and, and I think that uh, being honest like to, to have honest conversations, you know, this, the people that care the most about you tell you the hardest truths, right? People who don't care about you slap you on the butt, say, great job. And just watch you just spiral all the way down. Right. Mm -hmm. People who truly care about you will have hard conversations and say, Hey, I really think that, you know, you could be a lot better in this area. You could be a lot better in this area. Um, and I try to be that for my staff because, again, at the end of the day, that's I, I, I'm investing. I'm that, that's how I'm showing love to you. You might not like me in the moment, um, but you know, in the bit when when the workday is over, you're when you get home and drive home in your car, you're gonna go, man, he actually cares. Mm -hmm. And and so let's let's take that and look at you know wanting to know how do you utilize that motivational piece specifically with your athletes and generating buy-in, you know, especially, and I'm going to get a little bit deeper with that because, you know, uh, information is readily available now. Mm -hmm. Some good, some bad. We won't go into specifics with that, you know, but kids have so much of a uh, easier access to information. Now, you know, it's, it's, it's become a challenge to, you know, create that buy-in to let them know that, hey, we are the subject matter expert. We're going to put you in the best position possible uh, to to not just optimize your performance, but to see you successful. What methods do you go about doing that? It's an education, right? So coaches, it's just another word for teacher. Okay, so the old saying of kids don't care what you know until they know how much you care or all that, right? It's not to say that it's any less true, but there has to be more of a blend nowadays. Like you said, this is the most informed generation ever. A kid can get online and Google and find out if your program is full crap, right? So it, it comes, there's this balance of of, of emotional and psychological investment as well as an educational investment. Like here's what we're doing. Here's why we're doing it. Like you've got to start with why they have the kids you want buy-in explain clearly explain why you're doing something. And there's your buy-in. Now, now again, that why has to be kind of tailored to the athlete, right? So if you have an athlete who yeah. Yeah. has been incredibly successful 
who has been incredibly successful throughout their career without training, without lifting weights or, or field work or anything like that. Well, then the conversation mm-hmm. is, well, hey, you're going to have a really good career. Let's see how long we can make it, right? Let's 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 make you a healthier, stronger, more adaptable, and and and, and give you longevity in your career, not just performance. But I get it. You're a superstar. You're a five star. You're as good as it gets. Now let's keep you healthy, right? So it's it's kind of a game of the buy-in factor is tailored for what information you give to each kid. Okay, so with the the edu- you know, being a teacher, and I and I follow you. That that makes the most sense. That was you know, my my mother is a retired teacher. You know, just a little tidbit. So you know, once I got into the field, and, and she was able to make those comparisons as to you know what she does and what we do, which of course it makes perfect sense. Now, looking at the 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 information piece. How do you how do you handle that athlete who and I'll just you know put it out there who's bought into the gimmicks you know whereas you know what we have to do a lot of times is really look into the science and is it applied science can we actually use this um, you know outside of educating the athlete and, and having that relationship. You know, what, what do you what do you do when you're faced with that athlete who just is so gun ho about what he or she is seeing uh, social media or just out there on the web in general? Um, and, and let's say, you know, attempting to cause conflict in your program. How do you deal with that? So, again, it all comes down to if you know your program, you know what you're doing and why you're doing it usually isn't an issue. A lot of times guys will come to me and go, hey, look at this YouTube video I found. And my first question is usually, who's that? Right. Because if it ain't if it ain't a future Hall of Famer, I'm like, okay, cool. Right. Some Joe Schmo, some Joe Schmo doing like a super quick foot ladder. And it's like, great. Who's that guy? Oh, nobody. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other piece is some, you know, sometimes I'll validate what they're doing. I'm going to say, yeah, that is an eight year NFL veteran who has to train differently than you. That is a Ferrari. He's already tuned up. There's a perfect engine under that hood. You are not there yet. Someday you can implement these types of modalities, right? You'll, you will need more of this type of work when you're an eight year veteran and you've got this previous injury and you've got this and that and this and that, you know, I guarantee that that guy that you're watching that YouTube video of, if he's some superstar, he didn't get there just doing that. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So again, it just comes down to, it's not always like, Oh, well, I don't want to see that validate it. If, right. If, if you, if you can look at it and you know what the hell they're doing, validate it and then go, it has a place just not right now. Or maybe, hey, guess what? We are going to do stuff like this. We do do things like this just in different phases of our training year, mm-hmm. right? This is a really advanced drill. We're not, we're not ready for that yet. I need you to, to, to master the basic movement patterns before we start getting into all this crazy cone chasing, right? Mm-hmm. You know, here you yeah. are. You're asking me to do this psycho 17 cone course. And the last time that I asked you to open your hip and open to the right, you crossed over. So you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and let's stick on that topic of your programming. What does your programming look like? Uh, you know, do you change uh, based upon phases? Do you, you know, I know some programs are able to let's say have our freshman or our redshirt developmental as compared to our junior senior vets what does your programming look like in terms of that the the difference between the freshman or the redshirt and your your veterans and as well as let's go through that training year uh your your off season in season specifically um and one thing that i'm, I'm very interested in and i think the viewers would be interested in is uh, the the preseason aspect of, of what you guys have been able to do and accomplish since y'all been there? Okay, sure. So let's start like big picture, right? Let's start with just like the training year as a whole. Um, we do follow, well, let me preface this. So everything that we do, like, like big picture, 
falls under the philosophy that the weight room is designed to supplement the field work. Okay. Field work is what's important. That's where the game is played. That mimics the sport. Those are the skills that will carry over into a better performance. Okay. Uh, in the weight room, you know, we follow your traditional Eastern block hypertrophy phase, strength phase, power and speed phase. Okay. Um, not, you know, no magic there. Again, it's all about optimality, right? We have a finite amount of time. Um, the human body can only support so many modalities at once. So we want to really focus in and, and spend all of our resources, our recovery resources on one thing at a time, right? Maximize that potential before it feeds into the next phase. Um, on the field, so we start the year very, very basic. Then we start the, the early off season, our field work, you know, we break our, we break our field work down into basically five big mechanics. So acceleration and deceleration, max velocity, change of direction and angular speed. Okay. Those are like, those five things are like the base, base, base skill of most field sports, right? That's kind of what the NFL is looking like with what they're looking for in the combine tests. They're trying to test those things. How well can you do those five things? Okay. So we start very, very basic right? um, for, for a, a multitude of reasons. One, you and I both know that we're dealing with the most deficient athletes in the history of organized sports right? Kids over-specialize sooner than they ever have before. Um, young physical education is just, just rolling a ball out, right? There's no movement patterns are taught. The same goes for high school football. Not all of them, not all of them. I don't want to insult any of them. There are some really, really high quality high school strength coaches out there. Um, but a lot of coaches in high school get caught up just chasing cones, running around. And, you know, we get five-star guys in. And like I said, I'm like, hey, oh, pick that foot up, open your hip, you know, turn to your left. And they fall step and cross over. And you're like, oh, wow, okay. Right. So we start, we take that general principle. Again, we are teaching. It's like um, the same way you would teach a kid mathematics. Right. Mm -hmm. If you, you know, when you teach it, you're going to teach a child mathematics, you don't bring them in the first day and go, okay, well, here's long division. And that's what a lot of coaches get caught up in doing. They come out like the first week and there's like 50 cones out there and it's like, run over there, jump over this, duck under that zigzag and then sprint. Right. And then it's just all these crappy, crappy movement patterns. The athleticism wasn't, there was never an opportunity to truly write better patterns and create better movement patterns and better motor programs, more importantly. So athleticism isn't really improved. You just sort of like get better on your feet, get some ground contact, whatever you can, you know, the soft tissue and those sorts of things, there's the adaptation there. But, but as far as athleticism, it's never really improved. So we take that approach of, well, here, let's, let's identify, right? The same way you bring a kid and go, okay, this is a one, this is what a one looks like. Okay. This is a two. This is what a two looks like. Right. So we do the same thing. This is acceleration. This is what acceleration arms feel like. This is what acceleration leg mechanics feel like. Body bracing, position. We usually incorporate a plyometric that patterns them, that, that, that strengthens the pattern. Okay. And then we'll put it all together in, again, very, very basic, simple patterns. So like if it's an acceleration day, run tens, right? Start by creating the angle for them. So put them in a three point, right? So the acceleration angle is already created for them as they come out. And then as time goes on, slowly make it more complex and force them to create it coming out of like a two point, force them to throw and drive, create acceleration angles. And the same is true for all of those, those other uh, skills that we talked about. So we just break that down throughout the week. Um, now as the as the season goes on, I mean, excuse me, as the off season goes on, the work on the field becomes more complex as we transition through, right? So in, in the weight room in our hypertrophy phase, we also have a general strength uh, focus as well. So with the higher volumes, we also create a level of instability. So if, you know, there, we, we're not a program that believes in 
magic exercises, right? There isn't like some, the best exercises is the one that I can most efficiently overload throughout the year. Okay. So we don't overthink this type of lunge or now we, you know, we do the traditional stuff, back squat and bench press and deadlift. And we do a, a number of different uh, triple extension regressive movements. Um, but it's not, we, again, we use those movements because they can be, they're so efficiently, uh, so efficient to overload. So it's not like, again, this the back squat is magic. I, I, every guy I ever beat out as a player squatted more than I did. Right. But I was better up here. So, um, again, the, the weight room is designed to supplement the field work. So during our hypertrophy phase, we use a lot of general strength work as well. A lot of imbalances, you know, if it's a lunging mechanic, it'll probably start overhead and then transition to a front rack. But the way that we're affecting like the actual musculature that we're trying to directly affect, which is like a unilateral quad dominant movement, that part doesn't change. It's just kind of where the bar is. How much extra activation are we getting? Okay. While we're going through those basic skills on the field. Now, as we rev up on the field, now we start to, we're starting to accumulate a lot more fatigue on the field, right? As everything becomes a little more chaotic, we get start to mimic more and more of the sport, which is just field chaos, right? Things will get a little more, as we get into our strength and power and speed phases, things we get a little more basic in the weight room. That's where you'll see like a traditional, you know, just barbell back squat and barbell lunging and those sorts of things, right? presses and as those that way we mitigate fatigue more efficiently so that everything's not crazy as hell in the weight room and crazy as hell on the field and suddenly you're starting to get into some pretty deep water on those peaking weeks like uh, you know you're 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 really overreaching we want to overreach but you're really overreaching right and then that phases all the way out until the very, very end of our off season, you know, late summer, where now we, we introduce a competitive aspect, right? Now, um, those basic, fe- uh, those, those complex movement patterns on the field now get a reactive component, right? True agility, right? Like, I, I hate the term. People always throw a bunch of cones out and like, they're like, oh, it's agility work. And I'm like, they didn't make a decision. There's no agility. They chased cones. That was a change of direction drill. Sure, but they never made a decision, not agility. So that's when we'll get into true agility drills and competitive, you know, cat and mouse type things where they've got to react to body movement. Um, and then in the weight room, again, we'll get, we'll get as basic then as possible and just surely work on those uh, speed and power uh, adaptations. Coach, I, I want to thank you for mentioning the uh, reactive component of what agility <laughs> is. Yeah, yeah. So I had to, I had to chuckle on that. Um, and, and speaking about your program, um, are, have you all been able to employ any new technology or technology in general, not just with the uh, performance optimization part, but we also know that recovery is a huge, huge aspect of you know, just performance and in, in, in general, um, that's something that, you know, which is uh, a big topic within this side of the field, dealing with the tactical special operators, special forces athlete. Because, um, you know, as we know, just similar to the, um, let's say the collegiate football player, you know, um, a lot of people don't really understand, unfortunately, what they go through as we do you know, with practices, taping, uh, watching tape, uh, the the training, the conditioning. You still have academics. You may have tutoring that's going on that's mandatory. And then somewhere down the line, you have to fit in your nutrition and your uh, your rest. So what have you guys utilized technology-wise to be able to monitor that and to better equip and educate your athletes? So right now, so in the past, I've worked with, um, you know, elite um, at, at New Mexico State. I've worked with, um, uh, who do we have? We had Zephyr at Mississippi State. We had Catapult here at Florida. Right now, we're not utilizing any technologies. So right now, um, what we did was, you know, it, 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 we're, we're in the process of building a new facility. So it's one of those things where we're kind of like on, on holdover until everything goes into the new building. Um, but what we did do is, is when we, when we first got to Florida and we had catapult 
um, we basically created kind of like like distance landmarks, right? Because that's the, the the biggest nightmare for for collegiate strength coaches or for for football strength coaches is camp, right? That's what that's what we really spend all summer um, preparing the tissues for is that um, acute to chronic jump that stress is going to make is the second we start camp, right? Like first day of camp. So um, what we did was with the catapult, we collected data all through camp and all through season and basically created um, kind of distance landmarks, right? We found averages by position groups, how many total yards were they traveling every day? And more importantly, how many high intensity yards were they moving, right? Cause a lot of, you know, you, you put a guy, a catapult on a guy and he walks around all day and it says 44,000 yards, right? And all I did was walk around and sip water. Okay. So we looked at, okay, how many hard reps were guys taking and what were those average distances per rep and what was the total distance? And we, we basically created what would you would say your conditioning landmark, you know, guys, a lot of coaches have these conditioning tests they do at the end of the summer. That's how we created ours. It's very position specific. So, um, now, now that we since, um, not having catapult, now we use an RPE system, right? Like a questionnaire at the end of the day and just sort of keep on the, again, it's, it's kind of an informational questionnaire, how much you guys been sleeping. That that's the RPE system is really good. If you don't have anything, it is a flawed system, right? Because when you ask a guy, how hard was today's practice? He, his first thought isn't, well, you know, I had a test yesterday and I didn't sleep great last night because I did bad on the test. And right. Um, so the, the scores get skewed, but at least it gives us some kind of like, you know, it can open some dialogue with guys like, hey, what was up? Everybody else said today's practice was a four. You said it was an eight. What's going on? Right. And then they tell you, OK, well, this, this, this. And you are OK. It's like you said you know, stress is stress is stress, right? We can't compartmentalize stress. A test, your girlfriend, you, you, you didn't eat well, you, you, you fell asleep early, forgot to eat dinner, right? Stress is stress is stress. Okay, so you mentioned super training. I have the book. I mean, I think we all try to stay abreast of different information out there. Uh, either as a staff or yourself personally, however you, you want to answer, um, where, what direction do you go into to find uh, your continual education? You know, how do you continue to increase your your knowledge base uh, so you can stay abreast upon what's out there and you know what's usable? Okay, so well, so I'm sort of like an information holic. Right. Okay. Um, there's a lot. There's a, a number of different places I go. There are. Uh, sports scientists that I follow. There are different podcasts that I follow. Um, you know, like I, I chose super training at a, basically like a challenge for myself. It, it is a very difficult read. And so, since you have it, I'll give you a little bit of, uh, of advice. Don't try to read it straight through. Kind of use it oh, like an encyclopedia. I got a quarter. I got a quarter in a few months ago, and I've been resting. It's dense. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's it's fun though. Go to go go to the index. And every day, just pick out a couple things like, ooh, what's that? Ooh, that sounds interesting. Ooh, this. Go to it, read it, make your notes, however you, you know, flashcard, like however you like to, you know, restore data, like whatever that is for you. Do it that way and then get back out and mark, mark the ones that you've already gone over and then slowly just whittle your way through the book that way. It's far more palatable um, to do it that way. Just at least for me, it worked. It. No, but no, but so I'm, I'm constantly, you know, like, Again, I, there there are a, a number of sports scientists that I follow. Anything that they write, I you know I, I'll usually pick up. Um, they're not going to get a free promotion out of me though. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so, so that's 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 just it. And then again, like I'll reach out to old mentors. I'll you know I'll call Deck. Hey, would it be read anything good? Or I'll call Coach Savage, Coach Cole, and just say, Hey, have you you know read anything good lately? Any any, any direction you can point me in. Um, you know, a, a really good book that I point a lot of people in is the the Scientific Principles of Strength Training. Mm -hmm. That's by uh, Dr. Mike Isertel, um, Dr. James Hoffman, I believe, and Chad Wesley Smith. 
That's a really, really great read for young strength coaches. Um, can really, really lay out some of those those big variables that a lot of guys miss, fatigue management, variation, those sorts of things. I mean, everybody knows, right? Everybody knows specificity and overload and things like that, but there's those, those, those smaller components, but equally important um, that a lot of young guys overlook. They just want to get in there, put more weight on the bar, more weight on the bar, right? Um, that book can really, really help young guys clear up. Okay. I, I probably need to mitigate some fatigue here. Right. What are my, how are my SRA curves interacting with this style of training? So, um, that's a really good book. That's probably my favorite one that I, I, uh, promote to young guys. It's, it's a little bit dense, but it's, it's written really, really well. And the information is, is spoon fed. It's, it's a great book. And, and speaking of youngster and coaches, what is, what is some advice? that you would offer youngster coaches that are, you know, either trying to get in or are in the field, you know, uh, what, what would you like to tell them? So first and foremost, it is a 10 year commitment to poverty. <laughs> you're going to be broke. You're going to be broke for a while. Um, you're, you have to have a why, right? So it can't be, it has to be bigger than, well, I like to train. I like to, I, I worked really hard in high school and I saw the benefits. That's so shallow, man. Like this, this job requires so much, so much sacrifice from your personal life, from your relationships. Your why has to be bigger than, man, I really like weight rooms and, and I feel cool being a strength coach. It's got to be bigger than that. Um, because the kids deserve bigger, right? The athletes deserve more than that. Um, and having said that, if your why is big enough, you better have some thick ass skin. Like you want to get into this. It's going to take, like I said, you're going to be broke. You're going to be broke for a while. You're going to, there's going to be some people that are going to, you know, you're going to have some mentors that challenge every single bit of you. You got to be able to take that on the chin, take it as right when it, when, when you're an intern or a GA or an entry level coach and your head coach comes down on you, he's a coach. The same philosophy that you apply to kids, you can't flip, you can't like look at a kid and get mad when he takes getting coached hard personal and then you take it personal. Like it's a business. If your head coach is yelling at you about something, he's coaching you, he's investing in you. Take it, change what he wants you to change and move on. Right. Uh, this is not an industry for thin skinned people. Right. It is for highly, highly adaptable people. Um, you got to have like grit about it. You know, there's going to be times. I mean, all the time I get old guys that interned for us because um, we stay really, really tight with our with our old interns. It's not like a use you and abuse you and toss you out type of thing. We can go more into that later. Um, but I'll have a lot of guys, man, I just got passed up. I just got passed up for a GA job. And I'm like, I got passed up for a GA job. I worked a whole year for free as an intern and man, while managing a, a Hibbit sporting goods, right? I wake up at five, open the weight room at five 30, work till nine, go get dressed in my car, drive over to Hibbit's, open the door, uh, open the building, work till three, get back in my car, put my training clothes on, drive back to the weight room, work till six 30 and then get my workout at night. Right. I did that for a whole year. And then here come the GA spot, boom, boom, boom. And all of a sudden one day there's this kid sitting in the weight room with a suit on end of the day, coach Cole walks up and goes, Hey, I'm going to hire that guy instead of you. And I went great. Perfect. Does he have a roommate? I'm moving him with me. Right. I just wore it. Just, just took it and said, okay, I, I'm, I'm wanting obviously something I'm missing. This kid's got, I'm going to steal it now. Right. But I didn't stop. I stayed in the weight room, kept interning six months later, another GA spot opened up and I got it. And now here I am working at the university of Florida. So I tell this to guys like, man, like there's going to be pitfalls, man. There's going to be drawbacks and fallbacks and bad things are going to happen. That's kind of like life, right? If this is big enough to you, again, if your why is big enough, it won't matter. The, the, you know, they, the guys come and intern at Florida and then they, suddenly they're like, man, I, I don't want to take this GA job at a D2 out in the middle of nowhere. I'm like, I came from a D2 out in the middle of nowhere. Right. And I worked my ass off and now here I am. So 
if it's big enough to you, if it's important enough to you, if you're doing it for the right reasons, fight, man. Stay in it. Huge point you made about the, the, the I don't want to D2 GA ship or internship. I think we've all been there. And these guys don't get it. <laughs> you go take a D2, you go, you go take a D2 GA job. If you're a GA at a, at a power five, right? D1 school, you, you may, you're maybe working one team. You're just, you're like basically just a paid intern. Most places, right? Man, you go take a D2 GA job, you're working. You're going to be the head guy for tennis or head, head lady for, for you know, all these different – you're going to have, like, five different sports to yourself. To yourself. You're going to be, like, the head strength coach. All you got to do is just make sure that you, you report to the head guy. And you're going to assist with all the big teams. I mean, there's so much more experience to be gained out of, like, the smaller school experience, which is what I got. You know, and guys overlook it. I'm like, go get that experience. Go work. You know, they, they come work football with us. And then they're like, well, I don't want to work in Olympic sports. I'm like, why? Those, those athletes are phenomenal. <laughs> I mean, this is my first one. I got to Mississippi State. It was the first time I'd ever just been with football. You know, I was at, when I was at New Mexico State, I was the head strength coach for uh, volleyball, baseball, track and field. You know, I mean, I had like a multitude of multicultural, all international, you know what I mean? When I was at Tarleton, I've, I mean, I've, I've coached from cheerleading, man, right all the way to like, you know what I mean? It's, and I loved all of it. Every athlete is so much fun. And, and some guys, they get caught into this. Well, I don't want you to train this and that. Why, man? This is, this is what it is. This, this is the big thing. You get to affect young people from all over the world. I mean, I have students from Spain, old, old student athletes from Spain that still contact me on social media and say, hey, coach, happy birthday. I was working out the other day, thought of you. You know, like just things like mm-hmm. that. Yeah, and, 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 and that's something to be said, too, you know, um, so I, I wanted you to also touch on, I think, some of the, the issues that we have, too, especially when we go to our conferences and you got those young coaches and you're looking at the logo. Everything is about yeah. the logo. What, what do you have right. on your chest? Um, if, if you don't mind, you know, spend a little time on what do you think about that uh, with those young strength coaches? And, and as well, how do we, how do we create change? How do we, you know, in speaking about improving our industry, as you stated, with the, the legitimization of, of what we do, you know, and how we do it, the, the whole nine. Okay, so the first part, we talk about looking at logos, right? I'll tell you this right now. Like, I'm sitting here today because I never said to myself that I wanted to be a Division One strength coach. I never said it. I said, I looked at the, I looked around, I looked at the profession. I saw how many guys, how few people get to retire as strength coaches, right? I mean, things fall through. Everyone's selling equipment or doing this, doing that, right? They get into teaching, what have you, right? All I said was, I want to stay in this game as long as I can. And I want to make as much of an impact and have, I want to make as much change as I can. I want every single organization that I enter to be better when I leave it. That was it. I made the big, you know, the old saying, I made the big time where I was. When I was working at a D2 in, in the middle of nowhere, Texas, man, it was, those, 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 those tennis athletes, those were Olympians to me. You know what I mean? I never, ever said, I, ha- I need to be here. I want to be here. I'm supposed to be here. None of that. I, I, I said, I'm going to work as hard as I can everywhere that I'm at make it as good as I can, as big of an impact. I want the whole, not just the, not just the team, not just the athletics department. I want the whole university to be better when I leave that place. Right? So chasing logos and all that, once again, your why, your heart's in the wrong place. If that's all you're looking at is, is putting that on, you, you, you already missed it. You already missed it, man. This ain't going to work out for you. Because the first, if this is what it is, that's shallow. And at that first, that first drawback, Right, that first sign of adversity, that first punch in the face, you quit, you're out. Right? Oh, it didn't work. Right? Now, as far as developing the entire profession, that's kind of got to start from like a top down sort of thing. So, like I mentioned, uh, that I would kind of expand upon our intern education, our, our intern program. Right? We pride ourselves on having the best intern education program in the country. We invest in our interns more than anybody. So, I mean, we have a 16-week curriculum. 
So, and which it's a two part curriculum. It's, it's the science side as well as culture building. When you walk out the doors from the university of Florida, we want you to be ready to go take that GA position, entry level, full time. Like we want you to be a finished product. Here you go. A high quality young strength coach. I mean, how can we validate ourselves and say that we're good strength coaches if we're not producing new good strength coaches? And I think that's sort of where the change has to start. I think in a lot of places, um, and this has been going on for generations, right? You hear all these horror stories um, about internships, man, all I did is sit in the weight room and cleaned all day. I just, you know, got yelled at. I never even, I was there for six months, never even talked to the head guy, not once. Didn't say a word to me. I spoke to one guy, he was the GA. All he did was yell at me and put his feet up while I cleaned, right? So that, an entire, like generations of, of, that, of that type of treatment have run off a lot of like really good strength coaches, right? There's some like potentially really good strength coaches where they were like, man, this is it. Like just getting treated like shit every day. And, and, you know, people talk to me in all kinds of crazy ways. And, and I, I, I was here, I, I, I went into debt to do this. I had to take out credit cards to pay my rent and this and that and groceries, blah, 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 blah. And I got 0% better in the whole six months. All I did was go a couple thousand dollars in debt. And they didn't even help me get a job afterwards. So now I'm just sitting on this debt. So I think for generations now, we've been running off some really, really good strength coaches. Guys who, had they stayed in, would have elevated that ceiling, the whole ceiling, right? Again, you said earlier, the meathead strength coach. If we want to get paid what we should be getting paid and get treated the way that we want to get treated, that's got to go, first and foremost. Like the meathead thing, bye, see ya. You're costing me money going right um now big juice big energy people absolutely gotta have them you know i'm a big energy person people might see me on the floor and think oh man he's a big meathead right but then come sit in the office with me come get on the whiteboard with me i'll teach you otherwise and that's kind of like where we have to get as a profession we have to if if we want things to change we got to change right yeah i definitely agree with you with that coach i like that a lot um, let's, 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 let's look towards, you know, kind of coming down a little bit. Um, but like to ask, throughout your career, as you look back on it, is there anything that you would change or, you know, that old saying, if I knew then what I know now, you know, is there any kind of advice that you would give yourself in regards to any kind of decisions career wise that you may have made? no not really you know um i mean obviously i would go back and say hey man those programs are bad boy (laughs) you know but but no professionally like i said i think you know i think everything that i did and like you know my my whole path has led me to where i am and and again even even my drawbacks and and even my, the 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 things that that people would the, your worst moments right like they they've built me up the most and um i really wouldn't change anything man i'm i think i think that everything that i i did and and, and the way i did it built my character and and made me stronger and made my skin thicker and and um you know, allowed me to, 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 to help as many athletes as I, as I've helped and, and make the impact on young people's lives the way that I have. I, I, I wouldn't change a thing, man. I oh, love so my story. I started at a D, at a junior college in the middle of Kansas. Right now I'm in Gainesville. Like I'm, I'm good. You know, mm-hmm. uh, is there anything that you'd like to ask me? Yeah. So, um, being on the tactical side of things, do you find, do you have like, motivational issues like is it hard to motivate those people sometimes actually not really it's, i wouldn't it's, think so a lot more yeah. with the yes you're dealing a lot more with their type a personality um it definitely depends upon the, the job of that particular type of athlete i mean you have those where you have to pull back but hey you know right, what i mean right. like sometimes you gotta kind of force that kiss principle you know, simplicity, um, you know, but overall, because I've been in, I've been on this side for going on 
uh, I've just started working on my third year, uh, April. April made two years. So going in, and I've, I've been able to work with the, the Army last year. Um, they just changed their physical fitness test, and they're pulling out a lot of strength coaches. Um, and then now with the, the special operations, special forces side, um, it's even more different. You know, going from the, let's say, big Army, uh, if you were generalization to, like, this is what I do. This is the only thing that I do. I fly this type of plane, and this is what I need. So similar to dealing with your your DBs or your receivers, you know what I mean? Just looking at the subtle nuances of what needs to be done, as well as the body type and all those different things. So when I'm going to conferences and I see colleagues and guys and girls, I know they're like, how is it? Just as you asked me. I'm like, dude, it's not, it's no real difference. Yeah. I mean, you may have those who can clean, clean them. You know, those who don't, can you deadlift? You know, I'm the pony, you need yeah. to pull from the floor, you need a horizontal push, pull, you know, the whole, you know, the, the fundamentals of what it is that athleticism is based on and performance. But man, it's 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 very much so, you know, uh how can I put this? It's 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 going up to someone and saying, Hey, here's the menu, and you know that they're hungry already. And they're going to go through that bad boy. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's really, you know, I would have thought of it a little bit different. But from my experience, I can say no. It's just like being in college, man. Okay. Let me ask you this. So, like, when you – because I'm assuming each branch, there's different requirements, like you said, different jobs. When you perform your needs analysis on, like – okay, this guy, this is his job. He's going to be in, he, he performs this type of warfare. He's going to be in these types of situations. Like, do you create, so basically what I'm asking is how much field work do you, like, so for instance, like in my mind, if I was to take a tactical job, right, where I was going to be working with soldiers, mm-hmm. one of my, my like big focuses would be how well do you move, right? Because mm-hmm. you get knocked on the ground, getting up on your feet and getting your ass to cover could be the difference between living and dying. So how much, how much like, like movement patterning and, and those like, like basic, basic, like field skill work do you do with um, those individuals? Uh, so there are those who will be a little bit better in answering that question just because they would deal with, let's say they were dealing with Rangers or, you know, the Marsoc Raiders, um, when I was on the only side a little bit more than what I'm doing now, um, I made it a point and I make it a point to put that into my programs. Okay. You know, um, because at the end of the day, as you, you already hit the nail on the head, you know, movement capabilities plays a huge role because our wins and losses on this side is different than the collegiate or the professional sport athlete, right? Yeah, You know, the difference between coming home or being able to save your battle buddy compared to, you know, okay, we lost, but we still have an opportunity to make it to the playoffs. Um, So for me, it's huge looking at, you know, exactly. You know, uh, I'm a huge proponent. We need to work full range of motion. We need to, you know, depending upon that training age, you have those who have very low training ages, uh, but they are still very athletic. Um, you know, starting with the simple moving to complex movements, depending on how long I'm going to have this individual, this group of people, uh, as well as looking at energy systems, you know, um, a lot of times, you know, uh, the, the tradition, if you will, this, you know, push ups, sit ups, maybe pull ups and running one, two, maybe three miles or something of that nature. You know, their bodies are not used to, um, unless they have, which I found, those who play collegiate sports or even high school, uh, the ability to deaccelerate, to break, to change direction, to reaccelerate. Those are things that I tell anybody, take that from, if you want to get into this side and you love those aspects of being a strength coach, don't stop. Put them in. Because at the end of the day, if they believe into you, if they bought into your programming on this side, they're going to do it. And they're going to 
reap the benefit. Just like I'll just give a really quick story because uh, this is a schoolhouse where I'm at. So I deal with different type of pilots, back enders. We also have maintenance crews as well. One of my pilots that uh, was here for about 12 months, uh, he played college ball and rugby. And towards the end, he was like, Coach, you know, I have to say, uh, I think he said his mile and a half time uh, average was, uh, let's say, a 9.50 to a minute. He walked away from me running a 9.30. He was like, Coach, how is this possible? Well, you know, the simple way is we know the greater amount of force we're able to put into the ground, the faster that we're going to be able to move. But we also have to be able to absorb force as well. If your body doesn't have the capabilities of absorbing eccentric or, you know, those forces, well, we're probably going to get injured. You know what I mean? But it's still that same feel-good feeling when you have those who buy into your program, they trust you, and, you know, they trust you, bro. Like, Coach, that is, it's, it's a greater, in my experience, aptitude. So utilizing every single aspect of what we learn within the field with these athletes is only going to benefit them. It's not going to hurt them. Absolutely. Uh, and and I, I think, you know, talking shop, we could do this all day long. I know oh, yeah. that I can. Um, so within these last few minutes, you know, let's, let's do a little, you know, what we call the, the knowledge nugget. Um, if there's anything that you'd like to share in terms of education, it can be experience. You already said you talked a little bit about the the why uh, for young strength coaches coming into the field. You know, if you want to touch on any points or any points that you may wanted to, but we didn't get to, this would be the time, and we'd be greatly appreciated. I would for you to share that. Sure. You know, I think it's a healthy practice. Um, for young people to create a system of core values. I think having that, that base philosophy. So mine are, mine are simple, honor, loyalty, respect, boom, right there. Wake me up in the middle of the night. What are your core values? That's them, right? It's been the, those have been my core values for over a decade now. Right. Um, I think a lot of times, you know, when we're young, right, we get caught in situations, you know, confrontational athlete or, or a coach, we're having this, this issue with this coach. But having the, that, that, that base philosophy of who you are as a person, you always can fall back to, okay, well, how do I want to address this? Okay, well, here's, the per- here's, here's who I am and here's, who, how, here's how that person will handle this, this situation, Right. And it will make a lot of those those little decisions a lot easier. It'll give you some validation. And OK, at the end of the day, I, I know that with this I'm, I'm good with this decision. I'm good with how I handled that situation because this is who I am as a person. And that's how this person would have handled that. Okay. Well, Coach, I want to thank you again for your time. It has been greatly enjoyable. I definitely got a lot out of this uh this discussion if you will um and coach i can't tell you man i pray you the best you know and i appreciate it hope to see you in person and so that way we can actually sit down with a grease board and go to work um we'll be in contact with you soon i'll let you know when this is up and we look forward to further discussions with you coach enjoy the rest of your day you too thank you so much yes sir go gators